Hello everybody and welcome to episode 120 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and here to travel through time with me today is... I'm the Chris Vent. I'm an aberration apparently, so I'm not real. I'm oh, like somebody no. messed with the timeline, you know. So who have I been talking to for the last million episodes of I've, this show? I have no idea. It could be something that should be here. Please don't tell me I've been talking to myself this whole time. Please. You are talking to yourself right now, so I just wanted to make sure that that was happening. So, yes, uh, welcome everyone. We are here to talk about our first of four episodes to do with the CW universe. Finally. Which is going to kick things off with Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, obviously, we're going to still talk about Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, but they will have their own centric episodes, which will have coming down the pipeline before the new season's um, air both over here and in the US, which will probably get them in October time anyway. So, um, Alan, um, obviously we are, um, this was the third season of Legends of Tomorrow. What were your expectations of this season before it aired? Were you looking forward to it or was it something that you were like, oh, well, it's it's there? No, I was, I was fairly excited for season three of Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I've enjoyed Legends, uh, especially Seasons 1 and Season 2. Um, I think they were both reasonably strong enough seasons, especially the first one. Uh, I enjoyed the stories of the second season with like the uh, Legion of Doom, you know, with... Uh, Hawk and Animal? <laughs> uh, with Damien Dark and the Reverse Flash and... Uh, Malcolm Merlin. Malcolm Merlin involved. Having those three guys on screen as the bad guys is pretty darn cool. So 1 and 2 I really enjoyed. So did. I feel like I'm already setting up for season three, but I'm not. Um, so yeah, my excitement for three was uh, was up there enough. So it was, especially with how season two ended with like all this madness of like T-Rex and dinosaurs yeah. being in like modern day LA, but Big Ben was there and all this crazy <laughs> sort of nonsense. So I thought, oh, this would be great. Imagine if like this was like the opening stretch of the series was them having to deal with the world in this current state. Mm -hmm. But as with many CW shows, things kind of get sorted out very quickly in that department. Especially if you're in court, yes. Exactly. They get really sorted quickly. um, But yes, to answer the question simply, I was excited for the start of season three. What about yourself? I think with season one, I really enjoyed it. I think to have Arthur Darville as Rip Hunter and Wentworth Miller who I began to start liking as Captain Cold. He's not the best actor in the world, but I think uh, I think Arthur Darville kind of kept the, key, the team together. Yes. Um, and season one for me was where I really enjoyed it. Season two, I think I kind of st- stopped watching halfway through. Season two has its down moments. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then season three for me starts to become a bit more comedic than anything. Um, and that's for me what was a bigger downfall. So... Um, Having said that, do you feel that season three was stronger or weaker compared to seasons one and two? I think when you compare them to the earlier seasons, it's definitely the weakest Mm -hmm. off the lot. So it is, but you don't have much to go by after three seasons at the end of the day. So you don't. So when you have such a strong first season, I think the first season of this show is up there in terms of the CW verse, Mm -hmm. probably top five. So, you know, like the early seasons of Arrow and maybe the first season of Flash is right up there. Those sort of yeah. series there. Um, 
see there's I'm getting my series and my seasons mixed up the Americans <laughs> will have no idea what I'm saying um, but season one definitely a Legends is right up there season two as I said I kind of enjoyed but it was just again just that we stepped down and I think part of that does come down to as kind of you said Arthur Darville was such a kind of key part mm-hmm. of the first season and there was probably a bit of that excitement for you and me with oh Doctor Who relations yeah. and stuff and like plus that. the fact he was wearing kind of the same coat as the Doctor yeah kind of wore Legends kind of started out very much with that sort of Doctor Who feel about it it's like oh this might be Doctor Who for America style thing you know we've got the time machine you know we've got kind of our Doctor and Arthur Darville but then sort of I don't know whether you can kind of tie that in potentially to how maybe things have become just a wee bit as time goes each season maybe less enjoyable yeah is because he kind of departed and they departed that theme of he's the captain this is his crew and there's that big bad mm-hmm. so um, but yeah it, it would probably link in as probably I'm going to say considerably the weakest season for the show oh, yet. Yeah, by by Country Mile is probably like there's a question we'll come up to um, in a minute or two, so I'll not dwell on talking about this too much. That's not to say that there aren't good episodes. Oh, there are, yeah, there's definitely some good episodes which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but there is some. It's not without its flaws. Not to say that every season that they pump out for any CW show is perfect, but some of them can hide the. Um, the weaknesses a lot better than some of them can and it seems to be that every season that they seem to get less and less episodes because season four I think only has something like 16 or 18 episodes so whenever you compare that to like Arrow and Flash which has 23 yes you know you're getting a lot less and I think that's maybe due to like obviously this had the biggest rating for the crossover yes than any of the other shows did so that shows you how much that was but do you have a favourite episode of moment from the season one of my favourite episodes is because um, I very much enjoy the Damien Dark character I have to say that whenever we were talking about him Reverse Flash and Malcolm Merlin that for me could have been a whole spin off series by itself yeah. the, like a villain based yeah, series those three just interacted so well with each other I actually prefer watching them over the legends. But I, no, I get you. I, I really completely, did, I you know. completely understand you. When they were on screen, it was dynamite. Yeah. So it was, but um, I prefer Damien Dark in Legends to Damien Dark in Arrow. 100%. 100% so do. Yeah. Maybe that's because there is just that wee bit more of a comedic edge to him. He's still uh, dark. Um, <laughs> but he just has moments, especially more in season three of Legends. Mm-hmm. He has a lot more comedic moments, so he does. Um, I'll get to talking about that sort of thing when I talk about characters. Um, but funnily enough, one of my favourite episodes revolves around Damien Dark, mm-hmm. um, along with Ray and Nora. Okay, yeah. And that is the episode No Country for Old Dads, which is the one based where Nora and Ray are sent back to like intercept an earlier version of Damien in like 1962's Berlin. Mm-hmm. So she's basically having to go up against her own dad to get this kind of guy who was he created some kind of fusion or something like that I can't remember the exact pinpoints things but Damien went back in his younger years to assassinate him and they need to stop that for to cure the anachronism that is happening at this moment in time 
um, because Nora and the legends at this stage and Damien they're all kind of doing this circling thing where they're both having to deal with anachronisms. Yeah. Damien to try and get Malice involved with Nora and the legends just because that's what they do. Um, so it leads to the fact that things don't go right for Nora and Ray mm. in trying to rescue this guy. Is this the one that has the rooftop scene? Yes, okay. it has the rooftop okay. scene. So modern Damien... Mm-hmm or Damien Prime, let's call him, that we know and have seen in Legends, uh, ends up having to go back, and you see him, like, causing him his younger self to, like, stumble and get caught out, and yeah. these sort of things. And then there's other scenes of uh, Ray and Nora trying to get through, like, checkpoints between West and East Berlin and stuff like that. Um, I think maybe what adds to this episode a bit, for me, besides the whole... Damien Dark aspect of it and loving that character is the fact that this is probably was probably a cool episode for um, Brandon Routh mm-hmm. because Nora is played by his real life wife yeah. mm-hmm. as well so there's that sort of dynamic for them but I enjoy these sort of stories that are legends obviously are reasonably heavy on them based in history but more so the slightly more recent history mm-hmm. so I think because of course we get you know like you know, the legends of Arthur and stuff like that. Yeah. Those sort of ancient stories. But I like those ones that are just kind of, you know, within touching distance uh, to see how they would be involved in those sort of things. But I think it has to be one of my favourite episodes um, just for the dynamic okay. between Ray. Because Ray's, Ray's their, you know, he's been kidnapped by them mm-hmm. at this stage. So he's their hostage, effectively. And he's being forced to kind of go along with her yeah. and do these different things. What about you? Well, mine base is... On Ray, and it's the one called Phone Home, where we see Ray, and apparently he's been killed whenever he was a child, so they kind of have to go back in time to stop that. So we see Ray as a kid. Ray is my favourite legend, so that's why I kind of like it's nice that your one kind of focuses on him, and my one obviously it's funny that, isn't it? focuses on him as well. I think, um, I think for me, sometimes Ray is a very um, underused exactly the point that will be coming up for me yeah so um but i think with him it's nice to have a storyline centered around him yes and it's just to do with his youth and then you know like how he becomes the person that he is then um i like the fact that it's called phone home obviously to do with et as well but um for me it was just like an enjoyable episode and it's one of those ones that probably if i was to watch a legends episode that would probably be the one that would stick on yeah First of all, while it's nice to have an ongoing concurrent storyline, it's nice to have the standalone episodes that you can go, all right, this one's to do with this, or this one's to do with that, and that kind of thing as well. Um, What would be your biggest disappointment in the season? Well, this is what I hinted at there, and people will be going, what the heck is he on about here? Is, you know, I've gone from, well, we've both gone from talking about two episodes that we enjoyed that involve Ray. Mm -hmm. But I think one of my biggest disappointments is, as you mentioned, he is one of the most underutilised legends, especially in this season Mm -hmm. of the show. Now, this may be just because it's been a while since I've seen season three or whatever, but see, apart from these two episodes... I felt across the season he was very in the background and he was almost I'm not gonna say the butt of jokes, but very much like there was there was an episode at one point during the season where it was like, Where's Ray? 
and they hadn't realised that Ray was gone. Yeah. You know, so that's basically saying how much they really think about Ray. Because mm-hmm. so, I find that his storyline seemed to revolve more around Nora yes. than it did anything, you know, like, and I find that also with Mick, that I find that Mick is pointless in Legends to a certain degree, that he is, like you say, is the butt of the jokes, that he'll go, oh, I'm just going to sit here and drink beer, and it's like, well, okay, that's uh, that's all well and being, but, you know, what kind of, what is the point of you being there? Yeah, you know, I do enjoy the Mick character, though, so I do, but I do think exactly what you say in that he has went to a position where it is mainly just kind of jokes for him because there was good bits as well during the series for Mick that he was just kind of sitting on the wave rider as you say drinking beer watching sports or a movie or whatever I do feel that his character has taken a severe hit Mm -hmm. in activity in the group because of no Captain Cold anymore sort of thing Um, we do of course at one point get to see Captain Cold again this series but Another disappointment for me in the series is an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be a couple could fall in here, but this one for me just didn't do it for me, didn't gel for me, and it is uh, it is the episode called Amazing Grace, and it's the one that revolved around Elvis and the death totem. So this is the one where it's the very early days of Elvis, and he's like performing in local bars, mm-hmm. and he's wanting to get his record out there in the radio, but his uncle's like, no, you know, it's devil's music, because, of course, you know, Southern America, very strong Christian beliefs, you know, rock and roll is the devil, that sort of thing. Just whenever you say that, there's just been one thing that's popped in my mind. <laughs> just whenever you were talking about a certain episode, there's one pops into my okay, head, and well, it's just like... So. We can go there. Um, but for me, just this episode across the board, it was just a bit, just meh, and a bit weird. Especially sort of the stuff towards the tail end of the episode where it's like, oh, I, there's, sorry, I'm going to tangent as well here. Um, Like the death totems on like the guitar and it's the spirit of his like dead twin, Elvis's dead twin who died in like the womb or something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly the full ins and outs of it. And he's a key part of them trying to get the death totem and then... At the tail end, as I was saying, they're like all in a church and he's do- trying to perform and like there's all these ghosts outside trying to come <laughs> in and it's like, we have to show them that we're not scared of them. And, you know, Elvis then gets up and is playing the music and then all the ghosts go away. And, Ghostbusters! And then his brother's over there in ghost form over on the side of the stage and he's like, hey, you know, he tips the head and all to him. And I'm like, oh, I just it didn't do it for me at all. Maybe if I was an Elvis fan, I'd be a bit more into it. There's one. That, um, there's one that didn't do it for me, and it's the one that had Obama in it. Really? I was like at the start of that whenever there was like whatever it was, and he was like talking to the legends, and they said he said his name, and he went, "Oh, Barack Obama." I'm like, "Oh, that's nice. I should use that." And I, I don't even know if I finished that episode because I was like, I. I do. Th- I do think the guy had the voice down good. Yeah, I just thought for me there was a lot. You know, I was like, I think that might have been after the Elvis one, and the Elvis one was, it was around of, that time. You know, and I was like, all oh, right, okay, you don't need to. I understand what you're doing, but you don't need to do a big historical thing. You know, you don't need to keep referring to these other yeah. people. You know, you can go. You know, you've got so much history you can go with. Um, yeah. But with each show, we get a mid-season break, and for Legends, did this win your interest? Um, it didn't wane my interest as such because Legends still, even though maybe this season wasn't the best, I was still interested in it. I was still like, 
oh, there will there will be a good episode coming up here in the next mm-hmm. week or so anyway, because Legends kind of goes like that when it is in kind of an iffy period where you'll maybe get a bad episode or two, but then there'll be one that'll make you go, oh, that was really cool, that was nice, I enjoyed that one. Um, but I think this can at least be categorised as one of CW's biggest mistakes mm-hmm. of the last season, and that is the whole Legends and Supergirl thing. Yeah, totally. Mid-season break, yeah. where they kind of flip-flopped them, where like Supergirl was kind of going along for a period of time during that, and then she went away, Legends came in, then Legends went away, and when they finished and Supergirl came back, and or yeah. any sort of jigsaw rumble of that sort of thing. And I think, I think it maybe hurt Supergirl more, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that in the Supergirl episode, but I definitely didn't like the way they handled the mid-seasons for Supergirl and Legends. I think it affected me more with Supergirl than it did Legends. Okay. Um, I was going to do this this question, but I'm going to take this one away because it was a standard character which we talked about. There's more people to talk about. I know, but what I was going to... Chris? Okay, well, I'll talk about that in a second. But I was going to say that do you feel, as spoilers if you haven't seen this season... Why do are you, you listening to this episode? Do you feel that with Stein dying, um, then with the other half of Firestorm going away, mm. Wa- Wally West coming in, then he's not going to be a season regular next year uh, for the, the, the upcoming season, even though we see him in the series of The Flash. Do you find that Legends is becoming a revolving door where we seem to have a lot of like obviously in season one we had the core characters the Hawks. and then and then obviously in season three we see what happens at the season finale and we see that it looks like other people are going their separate ways yeah whether they're going to be in the next season or not you know like so I think I think Legends is kind of almost designed to be a bit like that mm-hmm. because kind of as was said we had in the first season of Legends we had Snart and the Hawks yeah go. Uh, second season uh, let me try and remember who else you'd rip went and all as well so you had then this I think this season probably seen the most departures yeah. in because Stein we've had, and we've had a character die you know Stein like, and Jackson yeah um, and that stuff as well and we're going to very likely be seeing the departure of Kid Flash as mm-hmm. well with Keenan Lonsdale um, but kind of feed this in talking about Wally West and the revolving door a bit that is Legends uh, with the question you originally had down there about standout characters and unnecessary characters mm-hmm. and this might be a bit controversial for folks but I felt Wally West in this season of, of Legends was completely unnecessary I 100% agree with you I find that he was like oh yeah uh, Demon Dark was standing there and I, I got this and it's like you are for me that was a really far departure from the character we it was almost seemed to be the character we had in the flash and the wally west we had in legends were two different characters i think the key thing that made me feel he was completely unnecessary was his hair season (laughs) wasn't his hair uh was partly what you've just said in terms of either for convenience he would just have something because he's sped off and come back Mm -hmm. and had it or was the fact that how easily he was usually dispatched when he was in action. Mm-hmm. There would always be some sort of way, because this is the thing, a speedster is a very powerful meta. Yeah. So realistically, if you're a speedster, you should be able to do a great deal and get away with it and get the job done mm-hmm. without people realising. 
Whereas it always felt to me like there was some way they'd figured out to take Wally out dead early. You know, be it Damien or Nora or whoever. There was always either, oh, here's a gun that zaps him and that's him incapacitated for the rest of yeah. the episode, so it's down to the rest of the legends. Or, oh, he's got thrown through a portal or something like that. I know I'm making things up and he wasn't necessarily sent through a portal or anything like that. But just these little things yeah. where he would either conveniently have something and have done it, or he got knocked out. Yeah, it's almost like... It was it's kind a, of like two sides of the coin. It's almost like a cartoon where everyone go like, yeah, Skeletor is doing this, but luckily I have the Skeletor the capitation machine. It's like, oh, when did you make that? This morning. It's mm-hmm. like, right, okay, so you just made that tech today. I totally agree with what we were saying, and for me, he seemed to be one... He didn't fit in with the rest of them. He seemed to be with, as I was... I had high call, hopes when he was yeah, coming in. But I always call you guy fake Colossus because <laughs> he seemed to pair with him an awful lot steel yeah but for me he didn't seem he seemed to interact well with Sarah but with the rest of the characters I find that it seemed that something wasn't right yeah you know with them I um, got you and obviously we're talking about Ray and that his for me he's my standard character he's my favourite character but I think I think that Katie Lotz's performance as Sarah was really important this season yeah you know well, staring it back to characters that uh stood out to me sarah yeah. is right up there because mm-hmm. sarah has always been one of my favorite characters especially on legends yeah because uh, legends was kind of the show almost designed for her mm-hmm. uh so it was because she wasn't going to be on arrow or anything like that anymore because uh, there was such a kind of fan following for her as the original black canary in mm-hmm. the arrow tv show um I really, really like the Sarah character. And this season, this season, I'm not going to say this season was the strongest for Sarah, but it almost had the kind of meteor story. Yeah. You know, for her to kind of get her teeth into and get stuck into the character. Because there's so much going on for the Sarah character in this series. Because, of course, she's still dealing with, um, of course, spoilers for anything CW before these series or seasons. See, there's me getting it mixed up again. Um, She's obviously dealing with. You know, original Laurel still yeah. being dead. I don't know why I phrased it like that, but still being dead uh, from Arrow. But then she's also dealing with the fact of like this new love interest and other things as well, like the totem and malice trying to get a hold of her and all as well. Mm-hmm. All and these different things, and now having to be the captain and full time proper captain, and obviously a loss of another family member too. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, so there's. <coughs> This is, a, this is a lot of things fans say, is Sarah is one of the most unfortunate characters in the Arrowverse, because not only has she died, uh, she's had multiple family members yeah. die, all this sort of stuff. Uh, another character I enjoyed is Constantine, but that's I just enjoy the character of Constantine. It'll be interesting to see how I feel. Um, again, this will maybe come down to our next season discussions when I get him in the greater dose yeah. across the season, whether I'm enjoying him because he's in... Drop, I find drops in the water. I found with him, they didn't seem to know what color his hair was, because one episode would be very gingery, and then the other episode would be very. If you look at this, whenever you first see him in Legends, and then look at him in the season finale, whenever he's on the beach, it's completely different hair. It's almost like whenever you watch the Phantom Menace and 
uh, Obi-Wan's hair is like ginger and then it's a different colour. So maybe because uh, that probably comes down to you don't know whether how far out he knew he was coming back for a role in that season mm. and he didn't have much time to get the hair right or whatever. Was True. there any other characters stood out for you this season? <sighs> Bar obviously Ray for good and bad reasons. Um, honestly, honestly, I would probably agree with you and say that Damien Dark was because after watching Arrow and him in Arrow and then going like, I didn't think he was a particularly good villain, but I think he suited the legends mm-hmm. better and was a good foil for them. Yeah. Um, and then have Nora there obviously as that, but as like his daughter. To, so like it kind of put the humanity into mm-hmm. him that you hadn't seen because magic was sort of better for these guys who all have these totems yeah. rather than an archer yes you know so that for me would be he would probably be you know with the legends like i say like sarah did really well but the rest of them i honestly was like oh well yeah another little tidbit about damien dark by the way um the actor who portrays him, the name's escaping me at the moment, unfortunately. Neil uh, Donaghy. That's the one. Um, he's actually, his mum or dad's from here. Oh, right, okay. So they are, so there's that wee connection there as well. But no, before we move on from characters, again, I'll talk about Damien. Damien Dark in this season has one of my favourite scenes, and it's overly goofy and all when you compare it to what you saw of Damien Dark. Mm-hmm. in Arrow like if you looked at the, you were like these these aren't the same guy these very much like the Kid Flash yeah um, but I'm not saying it's totally for the bad thing but it's a scene I cannot remember the episode it happened in it might have been in and around that so you know whole you know Berlin episode that okay. I like <clears throat> but it's a scene where I think it's towards the tail end of the season at least but it's a scene where I think it's dark and he has Nate captive and he's okay. like tied up around the chair yeah. and stuff like that and at this stage we're seeing this kind of slight turn in Damien's demeanour mm-hmm. where he's actually worried about his daughter up until this point he'd been very much my daughter is here to then have malice embody her and become powerful yeah. and yada yada where he's now realising how consumed by malice his daughter is becoming and he doesn't now want to lose her mm-hmm. so he's pretending to like interrogate Nate mm-hmm. yeah. to get information out of him to keep Malice in Nora's head happy mm-hmm. but they're faking the interrogation and having kind of like you know interesting conversation with one another and he's kind of like oh you know I can understand how you feel like that and you know, yeah. all these things and Damien's like you know give me a big scream here and he whacks the pipe off the side of the chair or something mm-hmm. like that and Nate's like ah you know <laughs> and, and Damien's like yes that's brilliant you know to me that's it's a goofy scene but I enjoy it. Okay. If you could take a character from another show and put them into this show, who would it be and why? Another Arrowverse show, I take it you mean? Uh, yes, yeah. Mr. Terrific. Okay. Just to be something different. I probably could think of others, but just uh, Mr. I, Mr. Uh, Terrific for some other reason was one that kind of jumped out at me. I honestly couldn't think of one and then it just popped in my head and I was like, okay. okay. But, no, you carry on. Me first. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> Mr. Terrific is one of those characters that I like. enjoy the character. Mm-hmm. So I do, and that's again, it's something we can talk about more in an Arrow, in our Arrow episode. Um, but I do think he's a character that I don't see being an Arrow in two or three seasons. Okay. Whether Arrow will be around in two or three seasons, I don't know. I'd say I see, I see Arrow hitting the 10 season mark. Yeah. Just to hit the 10 season mark. 
But whether he'll be there at the end, I don't know. Um, I could see him being a character that would fit in well in Legends. He could obviously work fairly well alongside Ray, the whole scientific yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and technology there. The sand bros. You know, if you, if you think of it like that, you know, if you think you've got Ray's atom technology with the shrinking or sort of, could you imagine if you like combined that with like his T spheres? Yeah, those sort of little things that could team up between those guys, I think work quite well. Plus, he's got a nice kind of uh, attitude about him. You know, he's funny, but he can also be fairly sensitive as well mm-hmm. and things. So he's got that good dynamic as well. I just think. Out of characters, he would fit fairly well okay. into the crew of the Legends. What about you? Um, mine is a, a certain teammate of his, okay. which was Ragman. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I because obviously, you know, like you have the whole cloak and then, you know, like all the rags coming out of him, very much like a mummy kind of effect. And then obviously if they are using the totems, you've got something like that. Obviously, we haven't seen him in a couple of seasons of Arrow. Mm. It's only really been since... You he kind of got swept yeah. away under the carpet. Because like. it was basically like his costume was ruined, so they could maybe go back in time to whenever his costume wasn't ruined, pick him up and then put him onto it. So I think he would fit well in that. And like you said about with um, Curtis, you know, like this guy is very, um, you know, like he's very somber, he's very quiet, but he knows the values of right and wrong, you know, unlike their other teammate the two of them you know like and then yes. they had the girl who betrayed both of them and betrayed Oliver but I would say that he would maybe fit in well now this is going to be a particularly interesting question <laughs> for this one was the season finale disappointing to you or left you interested for the upcoming season both both um, I felt the solution to the season was Ridiculous. I will agree with you. Um, specifically, Bebo. Bebo loves you. And I get that everybody loves... A lot of people... I'm not going to say everybody. A lot of people love Bebo, and that's part of what plays into the San Diego Comic Con panel, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, <clears throat> they could make a killing on that merchandise. I'd say it's on the way. Um, but the fact that they use the totems to manifest... A giant Bebo. And I know what they were going for. They were going for a direct original Ghostbusters nod. Yeah. With, you know, I couldn't help it. You know, it just it popped was, in there. It just popped yeah. in there. You know, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> it's what popped in the head, wasn't it, Ray? Or, sorry, no, it was no, it was Nate. I think it was Nate. Okay. Um, Bebo popped in his head. And that's thus what the solution to Malice uh, was. Um, that just, no. Saying a big, like... 40, 50 foot high Bebo taking on this like demon with wings. I think partly as well is because it was a big CGI fest as well. Yeah. They physically, even though they were technically part of Bebo, there was no real investment in seeing them do a lot of the fighting. Yes, there was some stuff in the town with some of the previous characters from earlier in the season happening. Bar that, mm, didn't do it for me. But bringing it back round... Again, it comes back to Constantine. Mm-hmm. For me, the seeing him in kind of like the final scene of the season with like this big crazy like dragon's head, um, saying you know, you opened the door and you know malice wasn't the only thing that came through. Which again, we get a bit of a tease off in the San Diego Comic Con stuff. Um, I think just the nod that yep, Constantine's going to be a key part 
of next season was what got me excited. What about uh, you? It was one of the... This, for me, had to be the worst season finale out of the four of them. Um, just like this, like you say, it was like... Oh. Wow, that's that's some going with uh, with Supergirl being on the list of things here. Mm, eventually. Well, um, but with this, like, it was almost like a Godzilla light moment, you know, that you're having this big furry creature fighting it's like a Furby beating up you know one of Daenerys' dragons is basically the best way to describe it um, at this point I had kind of already really lost interest right in this and this was like the big deciding factor that if this wasn't the season finale and this was a mid-season finale I wouldn't have been watching the rest of the season wow because it was just one of those ones that I understand why they did it but at the same time it's like, oh, you know, this isn't something that you would see. Like, could you imagine this happening? I know it wouldn't happen in like Arrow or Flash or whatever, but with this here, that's why I'm saying it was turned out more comedic. Yes. And this was the big, you know, here's the punchline, and you're like, yeah, I get, I get you, I you get know. you. Um, yeah, just it didn't do it for me. Now it, it feels maybe on the whole for this episode maybe ragged on the show a bit. There are plenty of good things in this series. So they are. Um, the next season, I feel, has really, really good potential. So does. How it will turn out, however, is another thing altogether. So one of the questions I have here is, if you were to make a video game of Legends of Tomorrow, would this work? What kind of way would you see this? Well, you're, you could also phrase the question, uh, would a Doctor Who video game work? We've never really had one of those so we haven't so would it work for legends um do i ever see anything like that happening no (laughs) but would it work um it wouldn't be one i'd run out and get (laughs) let's just say that it puts me in mind of these ones that would be made by some weird wee offshoot uh development house that you've never heard of and would turn out looking like a ps2 game yeah yeah you know, that's, it puts me in mind, it's the sort of game that I could see of being released during the PS2 era. Okay. So I would have, because there's no way that the money would be put into this enough to make it a decent enough game. Oh no, game. this is almost... If done, if done right though, yeah. would it be a cool game and an interesting game? Yeah, very this, much this so. Almost, it's almost like, for me, would almost reek of something you would play on your mobile or mobile device, you know, that it would be, that it would be a case if you would have a part of it like Ghostbusters 2 where you would fly through you know, like the um, time stream and then you would end up where you need to be and then you would have to go and collect something and go back to the ship and then do that kind of mission so it would be like Grand Theft Auto in space effectively <laughs> but no if it was done right yes I think it would make a good video game would I think it would be no <laughs> okay in the four DC shows we were talking about what number would you rank this in order of prefer- preference obviously number one being the best number four being the worst just give me the number and the reason why I don't want to need to know your other numbers until we talk about them later um, fairly simple and easy there's no kind of hard decision to be made here for me and that is number three okay so it is and it is just simply because um it is that sort of for me kind of it's currently mid-pack if you'd asked me this uh after the first season Mm -hmm. i'd probably said number two okay uh after the second season it probably would be three still so in terms of between seasons it's held its position okay so it has um but i think 
that position boils down to the fact of how inconsistent mm-hmm. it's kind of been. But the good episodes were still good enough that it kind of just pushed it up that little extra spot and didn't get it didn't end up with the wooden spoon so to well, say unfortunately that's where it lands for me <gasps> it's, Christopher it's number four for me it's it's one of those ones that I think in either season two or season or last season that I kind of stopped watching like I missed like about three or four episodes uh, in fact it was season two that I think there was that's whenever I was like no I'm kind of done with this and I missed because whenever I started season three, I was like, I had no idea who this character is or this character is. I'm like, right, well, whatever. I think it was maybe because I heard that Constantine was going to be in it, and that's why I watched Got it, you. was because of him. Because I enjoyed watching the Constantine show itself, and I thought, right, I'll give it a go because he's in it. It's not something that I think that... Um, for me, it's one that if I miss an episode or two... I kind of don't need to watch them in order to be caught up. Whereas I, I think with the likes of Arrow, if I miss a couple of episodes, I need to know what's happened or previous. Even Flash. Yeah, or Flash. Where with this, if I miss a couple of episodes, you know, like whenever there was that one to do with the pirates who thought that Bebo was their god. The Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings, sorry. There was a pirate episode in there, yeah. so I can understand you getting that. Um, but that for me was like another one of those, another comedic one that just, Failed to hit its mark for me. I got you. Um, so lastly, obviously we say we're going to talk about the San Diego Comic-Con trailer um, for upcoming season. Not much kind of given away in terms of new stuff in this one. No, nothing dramatic. Um, what are your thoughts, Alan? <laughs> um, well, I'll give you a bit of a synopsis of some of the things that we saw in the trailer. So what we need to know. So... We've got the introduction of magical creatures in season four's uh, finale. Um, season three's finale, is that not? Sorry. <laughs> Someone's typoed here. Uh, my bad. Uh, the Wave Rider is getting something of an expert in magic next season, of course, in Constantine. Oh, I thought um, it would be Paul Daniels. <laughs> uh, Ramona Young joins the cast as a series regular role called Alaska U. Uh, she is described as a typical 20-something easily swept up by romantic notions and fantasy novels. She uh, She's like a walking cyclopedia for the kind of monsters that the Legends will face this season after opening a door to the time prison that previously kept Malice locked up. In the company of the Legends, Alaska soon learns to get her head out of the clouds and become a kick-ass superhero. And here's something that interests me. Uh, joining her is... Tom Wilson. Does that name ring a bell, Chris? Biff from... Yep, absolutely. Biff from Back to the Future will be a recurring character as Nate's father. Okay. So he will... Hank Haywood. Butthead. He's Uh, buying to call him Butthead at some stage. Yeah. With a lifetime in the military and Department of Defence, Hank is part of a long line of Haywoods to serve the country, because, of course, we've seen his grandfather in the Mm -hmm. show as well. Charming and charismatic, he's left big shoes for Nate to fill, and it doesn't help that Nate can't tell him he's secretly a legend. But what was actually in the trailer, because I got my things mixed up here, sorry. Um, There was a unicorn, a decapitated dragon's head, uh, a shirtless Constantine. Oh wow! Uh, Sarah, <laughs> Did you write that down? No, that wasn't me. This is from a shirtless the, Sarah. This is, this is the Hollywood You're Reporter. You're going to write a shirtless Sarah. The the Hollywood Reporter wrote this bit. Um, Sarah and Ava naked in bed, looking extremely happy together. Obviously, so it, obviously the reporter liked this part so of the trailer. So it was shirtless Sarah. Then I was right. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, Legends of Tomorrow season four is going full on on the wacky and romantic notes this year. Executive producer Phil Klemmer. 
uh, promises that Sarah and Ava's relationship is only getting better and better from here on out. As their relationship gets deeper and more meaningful, that will allow the legends of tomorrow to expand the world of the Time Bureau even more thanks to Ava's work life, which is how Alaska is introduced. Now, another wee thing, um, because there wasn't much to go in the trailer, basically like so the unicorns and Constantine and them and Ben. Rory, the Rory wearing like a Hawaiian shirt was all I can really remember. There wasn't from much. Um, apparently they're meeting the Beatles in this series. Okay. At some point. Uh, so they are, but um, a certain individual's back for this season, even though they looked very categorically out after last season, season three, and that is um, Amaya. Okay. Though Amaya, as such, isn't back. It's Maisie Richardson-Sellers who portrays Amaya mm. is back, and she's still a series regular, but she's playing a different character. She's playing a character called Charlie. Charlie is one of the magical fugitives who slips through the door that Malice did. Um, described as a rebel without a cause, a trickster on her own mission, Charlie shakes up the dynamics on the Wave Rider as the legends attempt to figure out if she his friend or foe. What do we think? Do we think this is going to be a bit of an odd one, having her back, but as a different character yeah, altogether? They're going, not even like an ancestor or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, because they're going to come back and then it's going to think that it's her and it's not going to be her, so this is going to be, just like this, is going to be an apparition, really, and, you know, it's a, it's a weird one. I can, it's a weird one, all right, um, but... Maybe it's just a case of... It's very much like the Harrison Wells, you know, that we've had so many iterations now of that character. And I would have to say that probably the one with the drumsticks would probably be one of my favourite ones. Yes, HR. Yeah, but, you know, like, we've got different... And I think that's going to be the same here. You know, like, obviously they're going to do it that it's she playing a different character. You know, so... I wonder, is it they'd written themselves into a corner... With having to send Amaya back to her own time because that's how the timeline works out. Yeah. And they were like, but we don't want to lose this actress. Mm-hmm. So they were like, what can we do? Oh, we'll develop another character. Because the thing is, it could be a mythical character that just assumes the form because yeah. mm-hmm. she knows that that form has meaning to yeah. Nate and the Legends yeah. the, the, or something the, the, like the that. One thing you could have done was. Hence he, the trickster thing. You could have done Gideon as that. Very much like in Mass Effect, the way Edie inhabits a body and then becomes a life form. You could have had that happen as that and be like I know them and this is the form that you all know and love so that's why I'm going to assume this form so that I understand where you come from that aspect but is there anything I know there's not much to go by in the trailer that makes you get in any way interested in Tom Wilson in that um, that that was a that was a shock to me yeah uh that was when I was reading through this earlier today it was a name I did not expect to see Mm -hmm. but I'm extremely happy uh, to see on the show plus it's him involved with another time travel show so That's right. it's almost like I've gone from season one of this show being like oh this is cool it's another time travel travel show it could be kind of like the American Doctor Who Arthur Darville has that link to Doctor Who and now here we go we're coming into season four and we have that time travel link yeah. again with Tom Wilson because of Back to the Future and all no it's, uh, it's good I I don't know. I'll watch the first couple of episodes, and then if it doesn't garner, if it doesn't garner my interest, I'll be like Walking Dead. I'll be like, and then 
I'll oh, force you to watch the rest of the season so we can do one of these next year. Oh, a bit like you had to do with you and Supergirl in the last four episodes. <laughs> Pretty much. Have you watched that we'll talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in the Supergirl episode. Oh, okay then. then. Um, Before we finish this here, yeah. obviously we've got another three shows to do. Mm-hmm. So which show would you like to do next? Let's get it done and out of the way. You're going to talk about Supergirl? Supergirl next. That's why I wanted to talk about Legends and get that out of the road. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to keep the big two to the last, though, yeah. to be brutally honest, whether whether my feelings are a certain way towards the Supergirl TV show or not. Simon Michael Davies will be extremely heartbroken with my words right now in terms of uh, towards Supergirl. Um, but you will hear more about that in the Supergirl episode, which will be our next CW1 uh, coming down the pipeline uh, sometime in August. <laughs> So it is. Yeah. Mind, this is August, technically. Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. Uh-huh. That sort of thing. Um, any final things to say about Legends then, Chris? Um, it's... Just that you'll see how it goes? It's like the it's like the old thing that, you know, the first one was good, the second one was all right, and the third one I just didn't enjoy. So hopefully the fourth one can pull it back. Not to say that, you know, some seasons had stronger second or third seasons than the first one Um, and it could be that the fourth season could be it's TV this happens exactly so we'll wait and see everything can't be gold it can't be and you know we have to watch the stuff and like we're talking about with the Marvel series there's ups and downs and CW's is not without its flaws so we'll wait and see how the characters mesh together and if there's any um, further additions to the Legends of Tomorrow team Awesome. So, yeah, Chris, how was London Film Comic Con? Uh, it was... Find out in the next episode. I wonder why he's saying that, folks. But yes, thank you all very much for listening, folks. This has been episode 120 of Operation Retroshock. You can get in touch with us here on Operation Retroshock. I'll do that now! <laughs> That's a bit early, Chris. Oh. Um, but on Twitter, at RetroshockPod... Uh, I'm at Alan GW Price on Twitter. He's at Vento316 on Twitter. You can find us Operation Retroshock on Facebook. We'd love to see you over there as well as on Twitter. Or if you feel so inclined, if you're enjoying the show, go on to the many different uh, hosting sites or podcast places such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all those lovely places. Leave us a review and feel free to send us a screen capture. It would be very much appreciated. Let us know. If you're looking forward to the next CW show, uh, it could be an interesting, feisty one. So it could be with it being Supergirl. Um, but we've actually, if you have any thoughts on Supergirl, get it in to us ASAP. And who knows, we may read it out on the Supergirl episode. Um, so yes, thank you all very much for listening. And we will be back next week with Chris's little summary of his adventure to London for London Film and Comic Con. It's going to be a long one, folks. I apologise in advance. I've got my earplugs ready. Oh, charming. To the last. <laughs>